The Rainbow Skyline Podcast is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know NBA ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. Do you want to see Nikola Jokic's latest display of passing wizardry up close and not on TV? With GameTime, you can click on any seat in the app and get a panoramic view of the court, kind of like how the Joker sees the court. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download GameTime and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a fresh edition of the Rainbow Skyline podcast, a podcast about the Denver Nuggets from The Athletic. My name is Nick Cosmetter, your Nuggets beat writer, joined by my colleague Kendra Andrews, and we're back after a Thanksgiving break. Kendra, how was your Thanksgiving? It was good. I traveled out to California, and of course, the one week I'm there, it is raining the entire (laughs) time, and then I got to come back to some snow, but full of food and family. How was yours? It was great. Um, you know, other than the snow, it's, it's, it's like the apocalypse and it's only it November. I can only imagine how bad it's going to get here the next two months. Uh, it was good. We, I went to my aunt and uncle live in Colorado Springs. My parents drove up from Arizona. So um, we went down there and uh, just, you know, just had a good time. Watched the Lakers play the Pelicans on mm-hmm. TV in the basement. And I said to myself, that team is uh, really good and <laughs> it's going to be are. fun to watch them uh, on Tuesday night, as we as we record this podcast um, now, again we're coming off Lakers 105, Nuggets 96. It's the second straight loss um, for the Nuggets since we last recorded a podcast last Monday. The Nuggets went um, one and two with a victory over the Washington Wizards at home, a bad loss to Sacramento on Saturday that you were at, yes. and then tonight um, a game against the Lakers in which. You know, Denver was Denver was never out of this thing. They kind of they kind of kept plugging away. They they got down um, by as many as thirteen. They were down by eleven at halftime, but really were always kind of like within punching distance. Um, but Kendra, this just came down to simply they couldn't make enough shots to get back all the way back. Yeah, I mean, that's really been a theme throughout these first however many games we played. Eighteen games, I believe. They're just not making their shots. They're not finding their shots, especially when they need to. And that was something, you know, you mentioned I was at the Sacramento game. That's something that they couldn't do against Sacramento. That's something that they couldn't do against the Lakers. And it's really starting to bite them where I think earlier on their kind of offensive woes, their defense covered that up and they were still winning. And these past two games, their defense just hasn't been enough to make up for their lack of offensive rhythm, their lack of shots. Yeah, I think what they what they did tonight is they stared at a hard ceiling in terms of how good they can be if their offense doesn't generate some more productivity. Mm-hmm. Because the Lakers are the best team in the NBA right now, and the Nuggets produced 96 points at home, couldn't couldn't get anything going. They shot 6 of 29 from 3. They, they got to the, the, the free throw line 17 times. Mm-hmm. Um, they were out-rebounded 56 to 35. A, a big part of that is just because they missed so many shots. Um, and you know, again, this is a team that is giving itself, it's playing good enough defense. As you mentioned, they're going into tonight with the number one defensive team in the league. I thought tonight, you know, one Oh five to, to a, a really good mm-hmm. Lakers team. They played pretty decent defense for much of this game, especially in the second half. Uh, and that's, that's the way that they've won games. That's the way they've generated a, a lot of victories because they've been able to grind it out when their offense hasn't been good, which has been most of the season. Right. But what you saw tonight is 
your, your defensive paralysis or whatever you want to call it is not going to be good enough to, to, to carry to an elite level. And I think when we're talking about the offensive inefficiencies, we have to start with Nikola Jokic, who just said in the locker room after this loss that, you know, I'm struggling right now. And he said, I, I really don't ever think I'm like I've, I'm struggling. And he really hasn't. He, he's been a model of, of efficiency mm-hmm. in his career. And right now, after another uh, a 4 for 12 game, 0 of 2 from 3, uh, missed a couple big shots down the stretch after the Nuggets had cut it to one point with about two minutes to go. Uh, it's a, it's a major problem. I mean, do you? Well, what are you seeing from Nikola Jokic right now that's leading to to some of these issues? Yeah, I agree. That's a complete huge issue for the Nuggets right now. I think, you know, when he's been having these issues, struggles pretty much all season long, and a lot of people are like, "Oh, I think he's out of shape." We've talked about that before, and I completely disagree with that. I think he is in shape. To me, it, it almost just feels like an an effort thing. Like, is he like is he really trying is he really putting his 100% maybe even 80 70 90% into it to get those shots to you know get those offensive boards that we know that he can get to just do all those things and he said you know he even if he is struggling shooting he feels like he can make an impact in different ways in the game which is true but i feel like even that it's been very streaky yeah. and so for me it's just what would happen if he just put that like tish more effort in, could that could that be it? I don't know. It's, it feels weird to say that, but that's kind of what I'm seeing right now. I, you know, some of the things that have been interesting to me is that um, last year the, the Nuggets did a really good job of putting him in places on the floor where he was catching the ball as he's moving. So that either meant that he was serving as the ball handler in a pick and roll. Um, I'm not saying they use this all the time, but it was enough of an off, like kind of a change up mm-hmm. where he would be the ball handler. Jamal Murray would set a screen on his man and, and Jokic would, um, you know, Jokic would try to either dribble around or if he would give it back to Murray and, and cut to the basket, he was, he was active. And so re- what we're seeing now is a lot of times Nikola Jokic is coming off a pick and roll and he's getting to a spot on the floor where he's stationary. And so then now defenses can set up, they can put one guy on him and they can shade other defenders in his direction. And so now you're, you're, you're in a position where he's passing to guys on the perimeter, which is still creating some good looks, but the Nuggets simply aren't a good shooting team. And so how good of offense is that really? I thought in the fourth quarter, they did a better job of getting Nikola Jokic on the roll, getting him into the paint. It's just kind of perplexing to me that it's taking you know, almost desperation time in games right. in order for him to assert himself in that way. And whether that is um, him deciding that he is going to cut to the basket hard instead of popping back to the three-point line, whether that's, you know, the Nuggets running more offensive sets that sort of incentivize him to get moving, to create open lanes for him. I, I think it's a combination of both. I, I, I know that this staff is is working overtime to try to figure out a way to unlock him. But I also thought it was interesting that he just said in the locker room, he goes, um, you know, I understand when, when I'm struggling and, and when, uh, when you're struggling, you know, you're, they're not going to go to the guy that's struggling almost as right. if to say like, they're, you know, and I asked him, so did you, did you mean that they're not running plays for you? He said, I, yeah. didn't, I didn't say that. And right. so he didn't, he didn't expound on that, but his original comment was, was seemed to me to suggest that like, they're not running as much offense for him right now. Right. Uh, so again, I, I think it just has to be a, um, a collective effort, certainly from him, um, but also finding him finding him ways to to create more 
to, to, to put him in better position where he's shooting more of the shots that are in his repertoire. Right. Again, part of the problem is that even the shots, like he less than two minutes to go, he gets this role, has one of his open five foot floaters that could keep it a one possession game, and, and he misses that. Yeah. So the, the shots that where he just has this like kind of unreal touch, mm-hmm. that touch just isn't there right yeah. now. Yeah, it's kind of tricky also when you're talking about like your franchise player, the person that you're building around and stuff. It it's just hard when you have to set plays up to make him succeed because I don't know, like. I think if you're going to be a franchise player, you yes, of course, you do need those plays that are set up for you, but you should also be able to, like you were saying, you know, if you have a mid-range jumper that we all know that he can make, we know it's in his repertoire, that you should be able to hit it, and you should be able to do things to help your team that aren't necessarily set up for you if, you know, they're struggling, which the Nuggets are offensively right now. Yeah, and, you know, he still had, he still had tonight eight assists. I think he had five in the first half, so mm-hmm. he's... He's creating that, but again, it wasn't until I, I think my tweet was it took uh, 23 minutes and 59 seconds for Denver's best player to hit his first field yeah, goal, and which so is that, just crazy. That was the last Denver's last possession of the first half. They're trailing by 13, and they ran a set play for him that kind of twirled him down onto the low block, got him in a position where he can make a shot. I mean, give the Lakers credit; they have a bevy of seven footers. Yeah. Anthony Davis, I thought, defended him really well when mm-hmm. he did get into the paint. Um, you know, Javale McGee did a decent job. Um, you know, and Dwight Howard, I thought also did, did a nice job on him when he was in there. So again, teams are, teams are committing more resources. They're, they're, they're trying to cut him off, I think as a scorer, because they're saying, look, try to beat us as, as a passer. Yeah. But we saw tonight that comes to, that comes to, to bear as well when the Nuggets can't hit outside shots because, yeah. okay, so he's, he's feeding guys. They're not knocking down shots. The cutting lanes are starting to disappear because guys aren't hitting shots, so teams are right. just packing back. So all these things, I think, kind of feed on each other. Mm-hmm. You know. But Michael Malone said afterward, listen, at the bottom line is we're a below-average team yeah. from the field, we're a below-average team from three-point line, and we're a below-average team at getting to the line. Mm-hmm. And when you when you put all those things together, you're going to have a bad offense. And yeah. right now – the Nuggets have a bad offense. Yes. So true. I mean, wh- what did you what like? What was the other? What were the key moments in this game that you thought? Um, you know, really outside of Nicole Jokic, what were some of the, the right. other things that you picked up on that you noticed that that maybe have been a trend over over the last you know week or even longer? Yeah. Well, we we touched really briefly when you were just going through some of the stats on the rebounding, which I think was a really big uh, thing in this game. They the Lakers out rebounded them by twenty one fifty six to thirty five rebounds, which is just. <laughs> You know, crazy. We know that, like you said, Lakers, they're big. They have JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard, uh, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, like all these really long guys. But at the same time, it's kind of just – that's a big discrepancy yeah. in numbers. I, I don't – and 14 of those rebounds for the Lakers were offensive too. And that goes back to missing shots and not having anyone there. I think that was a huge turning point for this game. And I think that that's something that um, – Malone touched on. I think also the free throws have been a really big trend these past couple games of the Nuggets just not getting to the free throw line. And when they do, they're not taking advantage of them. Against the Kings, I know we talked about Jokic, but they had a, he had a chance, I believe, make the, a three-point game by just hitting two free throws and he split. So they're only up two. And mm-hmm. then the Kings went down and hit a shot and sent it to overtime. So just things like that of taking you – you're not getting to the free throw line often. So when you are, yeah. take advantage of it because – you need every point that right, you can get. Right. And, you know, Malone was talking about coaching his guys to be able to get to the free throw line. And I don't know if you may know the answer to this, maybe not, but just I was thinking, okay, well, how do you coach your guys to get to the free throw line? Is it just 
teaching them to be yeah. more physical? I, like, I, what I is think that? the way that they're constructed right now, it's a, it's a difficult <clears throat> ask because they're two kind of premier offensive players. Nicole Jokic, Jamal Murray aren't guys who live by creating contact mm-hmm. and getting to the lane. I mean, you look at obviously LeBron James is, is on a whole other plane, right? But he's a guy who can just choose at any moment in the game to just sort of barrel at the basket in a way that is going to force you to, to, to contact his body in order to try to, to try to stop him. Like mm-hmm. he, he generates that action. Uh, and, and then you have guys on the other spectrum like James Harden, who just creates, <laughs> creates contact with sort of his savvy and his understanding of how, how to get around the rules. Yeah. The Nuggets are kind of in this, in this sort of middle space where they don't have guys who are, who are relentless attackers of the basketball. I mean, part of it is a guy like um, Gary Harris who, who didn't get to the line tonight. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he's, a, he's their starting shooting guard. He's a guy that in previous years has lived by attacking the basket on the backdoor cut or coming off of a, of a pick and roll or coming off of a dribble handoff and just getting downhill and enforcing the issue. Um, you know, he doesn't get to the line tonight. That, that's been a theme this year. Um, you know, and again, Nikola Jokic, he, he, is a guy, he is a guy who, if he gets in the paint, has just this sort of savvy understanding of how to, how to get guys up in the air, how to create contact. But he's not, he's not forcing that issue. And so, again, all these, I think all these problems kind of compound on one another. Mm-hmm. But to me, Jokic is, is the central issue. And, and maybe not all of the issues are his fault. Again, he's, right. he's just not, he's not hitting shots. Uh, that, that's part of it. But then what goes into that is that, is that focus, is that stamina, whatever the case might be. Um, but they, they have to create ways you know, and again, if if the reality is that he that they're not going to him as much, or they're saying, listen, Jamal, who who had it had it had it kind of going in the fourth quarter, you know, be the guy that go creates for us. Right. You know, that's one thing. But I, I do I don't think the answer is going away from from Jokic. I think right. the, the answer is to 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 try to force the issue of putting him in positions where where he can be effective. And, and so far, uh, they just have not have not done that. Ever wonder how to get the hottest new sneakers, the ones that barely hit shelves? The answer is StockX, a revolutionary new marketplace for buying and selling 100% authentic sneakers, streetwear, watches, and handbags. Millions are already using StockX to find everything after it sells out, from the latest Yeezys to every retro Jordan to the hottest new streetwear from brands like Supreme, Bape, Palace, and Kith. With StockX, there's no hassle. StockX handles the exchange of every transaction so you never have to worry about legit buyers or sellers. StockX has you covered. With StockX, it's all about transparency. Now you can shop smarter than ever using real-time market data for everything on the site. Rest easy knowing you'll never overpay shopping on StockX. I've used StockX for years. My most recent purchase, a pair of Jordan 4 Cool Grays for my six-month-old son. He's going to be looking fresh. All the kids in the daycare are going to be super jealous of him. I'm going to keep him fresh with StockX where you can buy and sell pre-owned sneakers, handbags, watches from brands like Louis Vuitton, Chanel, Gucci, Rolex, and more. Wanting all the hype, check out StockX.com slash bball for a surprise offer that won't be around long. Again, that's StockX.com slash B-B-A-L-L. Check it out today. Some other, some other things tonight that I, I thought we're, we're continuing to be impressive is it shouldn't get lost. Um, you know, just the kind of game that, that Paul Millsap had, I, yeah. it seems like we're kind of sitting here e- each week and just kind of marveling at it. But I, I thought it was a really interesting comparison. When you have a guy like LeBron James, who, who you really do have to sit there and watch and say like, 
lucky to one. be watching this yeah. guy play. Like it, it really is ridiculous that in, in his in, in whatever year this is seventeenth season for yeah. him. Um, you know, he had 25 points and nine rebounds and I was telling another media member in the locker room, like, it looked like he was just on cruise control and and he's, he's that good. He's that efficient. And, but, but Paul Millsap is a guy who is in that same sort of like age bracket (laughs) and, uh, has, is having like a rejuvenated season. Um, he, he's, he's shooting the ball at 50% from three point range. He had a, he had a crossover dribble late in the game that, that helped bring them to within a possession where, he uh, he almost put Anthony Davis on his butt. Like he, his, I mean, he is just reinventing ways for himself to to, to score to help the team. Uh, his season just continues to be to me so impressive. I agree. It's it's incredible to watch. Just kind of coming into the season, you know, this is my first season with the team, so I only knew kind of what I read about him. And just there's you know heading there's so much of oh he's old how much left does he have in the tank and so now to watch him and see what he's doing it's like absolutely insane yeah and i mean the three we've talked a lot about the three-point percentage i mean you you say you say at a certain point like you know he's just he's just kind of hot but we're we're a quarter into the season i i don't think he's going yeah i don't think he's gonna shoot 50 percent from three-point range this season but it's it's continuing to be a thing where like can he shoot 42 43 percent that's been one of the few saving graces for Denver. I mean, Completely. that, and, you know, Will Barton had been shooting pretty well, had a really rough night tonight. He was two of 11, yeah. uh, one from eight from three. Again, Jamal Murray, 22 points, uh, a bulk of those in, in the fourth quarter. He, he led he led the way for the Nuggets. Uh, again, Nikola Jokic, 13 points, eight assists, five rebounds. Uh, I thought the bench had a good first stint tonight. Right. Uh, that they came out and they were uh, pretty good after, after the, the, the stars had fallen behind. Uh, by, by I think nine points in the first quarter, the bench came in and played a pretty decent u- game. Jer- Jeremy Grant hit a big three. Uh, I thought Mason Plumley, as usual, gave some some pretty good en- energy, but um, they didn't play a lot. Grant played 18 minutes. There no other starter played more than 13. So this was a a starter heavy game, which has been kind of the theme. And, and yeah. you, you start to wonder at what point in the season might that might that become a little bit taxing. No, no team has played yeah, their starters more than the Nuggets have. Yeah, it's, it's it's interesting because earlier on in the season, Malone was talking about how that's not something he can do. Is that he can't play his as his uh, starters thirty plus minutes per game, and now it's something that you're seeing a lot of. So yeah, it is a question of okay, but how sustainable is this, especially if you're trying to make a playoff push when you're going to be playing into May, maybe June. Uh, what's going to happen when your starters have been playing so much for so long? Right. So now for the Nuggets, they, they, again, they fall to 13-5 and five with this loss to the Lakers tonight. Now up next for Denver is a four-game East Coast road trip. They will play the Knicks on Thursday, the Celtics on Friday. Uh, they'll play the Brooklyn Nets on Sunday, and then they'll follow that up on t- Tuesday, I think Tuesday, with a game against the 76ers. <laughs> Uh, so a big four game, a big four game swing oh, yeah. here. Uh, what what prediction time? How do you think that? What, what do you think the Nuggets will go on this trip? Mm-hmm. And and do you see them? Do you see this being kind of maybe get away? You know, get get bonded, get get something going, and finding something with the offense. I mean, I'd, I'd like to say that they would get something going with the offense. I think like that's really important. I'll, I'll be optimistic and say so. <laughs> Last um, that full time. Yeah, I think I. Th- I think at minimum, they'll mm, – think about this now. i got to think hard. I think they'll do well on the road trip. I really do think that now that they're coming off back-to-back losses that neither of them are happy about, I think 
I said this earlier, it sounds kind of stupid. It can go one of two ways. It's, you know, of course, it can go one <laughs> of two ways. They'll win or they'll lose. But I think it's a, okay, they're going to take these two losses and really come out against the Knicks. The Knicks aren't playing well. This could be a really good game for them to get their groove back. Yeah, call that to, a get-me-right game. Exactly. <laughs> find some rhythm, find some bounce, find some, find some joy again. Yeah. Um, and then I think that if they can do that, that'll be good heading into games against the Celtics and the Nets who are, you know, a little bit higher up in the league. Um, so I think starting the road trip against the Knicks will hopefully be good for this team to get them going a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, gotta love, gotta love the Knicks for that. I, <laughs> Thank I you, think, New York. I think this will be. I think this will be a. T- uh, my guess is a two and two trip for Denver. Yeah. I do. I I agree with you. I think playing the Knicks is a chance uh, as long as they approach it like you know. Again, don't don't, don't let any of these issues them. snowball. I, yeah. One other thing I forgot to say, and I, th- that stuck out to me at the end of Paul Millsap's uh, session with reporters in, in the locker room uh, was he said we don't. We don't want this to be our identity. And he was yeah. talking about the offense. And and what he meant was we that doesn't change. We we still want to be a defensive team. We want that to be our identity. But you have multiple identities. And right. the one on offense right now, um, it, it's just not scary. And what he says, we have to get back to run and gun, which is, again, a, a situation that the Nuggets just haven't put themselves in enough this year mm-hmm. where they're getting up, they're pushing the pace, uh, they're creating – you know, again, you can you can create a three point shot at any time, but it's about like how you create the energy in the ball, how how you get different guys involved, how you have multiple passes, which we just you know didn't see a lot of times tonight. Uh, that so that he said that's what we want to be to be our identity. So again, they have to figure it out because they can keep playing, keep being a really good defensive team. I, that's not going anywhere. This yeah. this is a good defensive basketball team, and I think they will be all year, and it's why they will win a lot of games. But if we're talking – when you're playing a team like Lakers, you start thinking about ceiling. Like, okay, right. th- this the Lakers are obviously a championship caliber team. Yeah. If the Nuggets want to be that, they have to get the governor off of their offense. Yeah. And, and otherwise, they're staring, at, they're staring at a hard ceiling. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Paul, someone asked Paul Millsap how, how do you level up against the Lakers? How many points back are you from them? And he goes, well, what did we lose by? <laughs> and so, I mean, it is – you know, he's what was it like six or seven points? So I think it's a little bit more than that, but it is just about scoring those points, and you you can close the gap if you get that offense going. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, we thank you guys for listening. This was our free podcast that you can find that you're listening to either on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or or any other player where you get your podcast. We also have a bonus episode once a week for subscribers only that you can get in the Athletic app. And that's at theathletic.com slash rainbow skyline. That can get you a 40% off annual subscription. That'll get you all of our podcasts in the app ad free. Uh, also gets you access to all the content of every major sport from across, from across the country, from an all-star team of reporters. Want to give a shout out to our producer, Rob Lopez, once again, for making audio magic from his, from his spot there on the East coast. Thanks again, Rob. And thanks to all of you. And until next time, thanks for stopping by. 